plenty of clients to go around. I say this a lot, there's plenty of sick clients to go around. There's plenty of people out there that are sick. Just look down the street. This is not a competition, right? We're not competing with each other in this room. We're trying to build a community and grow together. I think there's plenty, plenty to have if we all work together versus try to do it our own way individually. CrossFit affiliates, not to mention all the other micro gym, boutique fitness studios, and everything else. I believe there's strength in numbers, and it's worth staying open. We want people open because even if they have one member, that's somebody who's hopefully. Uh, moving that sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, right? They're slowly coming from either sick or well, and they're moving towards that fitness, creating that hedge against the um, metabolic diseases that, that plague our, our society. Welcome to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast, where we share stories around the business of fitness and other things going on in the local RVA fitness community. Give us a follow on Instagram at RVA Affiliate Collective. Enjoy the show. Chase Ellis podcast episode four. We've we've recorded four episodes in two days. Effect three days. Yeah, three days. Um, not what you thought you'd be doing on a Thanksgiving weekend. I'm guessing. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, so appreciate you being here, Josiah Ellis. You're affiliated with the uh, RVA affiliates. Is 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 RVA Richmond RVA Virginia affiliate collective? Yeah, and that's with a. CrossFit type outreach cult. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we do drink the Kool-Aid there. So the RVA Affiliate Collective, that is, um, as you know, CrossFit doesn't do the franchise model. It's totally um, an affiliation model where really all you're doing is paying a license fee to use the name. Um, that's it. That's, really? That's all it is. Everything else is up to the business owners. So my goal was to I originally wanted to open a gym, but instead of just being the 24th gym in Richmond, Virginia, I 24 thought, gyms in one city. Yeah. One city. Boutique, yeah. So like CrossFit. We'll have, yeah. we'll have to come back to that because, um, you know, you think about competitive brands and competing against themselves and I can see where that's normally a problem, but it doesn't seem to be for Richmond. So I think there's a perception it is, but it really isn't just because you have so much ownership. It's your brand that yeah. uses CrossFit as a method. Versus CrossFit's gym. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's really all up to you. There's no rules for competition. You could open right next door to another one. And you could offer CrossFit in such a different way that they wouldn't be the same clientele going to either one. Like you, you would have enough space there if you did it right. It sounds like you're selling more of the interaction and the experience of your unique gym. It's... Yeah. Your, your gym's probably going to reflect maybe maybe your personality in a way. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. The owner definitely sets the culture. Interesting. Uh, so just give me a, a roundabout. What kind of I, what kind of different gyms? Because you, like just this morning, you visited the local one here in Kernersville, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, CrossFit Altius. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Um, shout out. <laughs> yes. So definitely go there. Um they were great, but great people. Yeah. And it, it can be great though. And still have a different taste Definitely. is kind of what I was thinking. Definitely. So what are some of the different tastes you've personally gotten to do? Cause you've been out to Tennessee. Yeah. I've been to a few, um, Boston. Did you do Boston? I did Boston. Well? Yes. I, I tried to hit all the pinnacle gyms of CrossFit, New England, CrossFit mayhem. Um, they're known for some of their elite athletes and, and top coaches that come out of those places. But then I've also been to, you know, random CrossFit boxes. I'd, just, you know, just like here, like Kerners, I would never travel to go to a Kernersville gym, but I have a reason to be here and I went. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've met all kinds of, especially through the collective. So that collective group, what it's doing is trying to bind together those gyms because they're all after the same thing, which is essentially getting people healthier. And because they're so strikingly different, um, they feel alone even though hmm. there's 20 something gems in the area. So I'm trying to fill that gap by creating a community between all the business owners. 
um, in the CrossFit space and also functional fitness space, yoga, yoga, not yogurt, <laughs> yoga, <laughs> yogurt, personal training. Yoga. Yeah. Personal training, <laughs> even phys- physical therapists, um, massage therapists, none of them have a professional networking like group. Um, mm. they're all independent owner operated practices typically, and, um, they can feel siloed as well. So since we use those services inside of CrossFit, I figured bring them in as well and share the love, but strikingly different in a CrossFit gym. You could walk into one and you could have dogs running around and you know, everyone's shirtless, uh, the men anyway, <laughs> Every, the, women, oh, well, the women will be wearing a sports bra and booty shorts. Do we have topless CrossFits? Yet? No, not that, okay. not that far, but I mean, they'll dangerous. be in a sports bra. It could be, <laughs> it's actually a, um, uh, uh like cleanliness, cleanliness thing, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're a man and you're very hairy and you're falling on the ground doing push-ups with a very sweaty body, um, not having a shirt on could be a hygiene thing. Um, so there are gyms that say no dogs, no shirtless working out, no booty shorts. Maybe they have um, a religious view about that. So recently, I forget the name of the gym, but they were all over social media for instituting a no booty short, no shirtless thing. And um, they say that that's not the image they want to promote. Um, I'm sorry you had to stop going there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is totally cool because that's, what's really cool about the affiliation model instead of a a franchisee is, is you can do that in your gym. And if your local area or clientele support you, then you can continue being in business with those, whatever you want to institute inside your gym. Well, obviously within reason within law, but um, on one spectrum, you might have the bro gym or you might have a, you know, where it's all young people trying to, you know, be super competitive. Then you might have another gym that's mostly middle-aged people coming in, just sweating and, and moving, trying to move a little bit better. And, you know, um, it's really neat because you can take the CrossFit methodology and apply it to almost anybody in any way, shape or form. But obviously some gym owners might, you know, have a specific view of what they think it is. And that's the kind of clientele that will show up. And that's why there's always room for, I think, another CrossFit gym, because there's, I'm starting to coin the phrase in all of our collective meetings and everything is that there's plenty of sick people to go around. Mm-hmm. You're not competing against yeah. each other. I mean, look at the diabetes rate, look at all those things, all those um, unfortunate metabolic diseases that people are suffering. You know, you just got to figure out a way to reach those people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it doesn't have to be a perfect first step. I mean, right. Somebody could try CrossFit, find out it's not for them. But the thing is, by taking that initial step and it being made available to them relatively easily, relatively comfortably, as far as like personality type and fitting in with a different group, you're making it easier. You're eliminating the roadblocks between them and that first step. And I've always applauded that. That's that's one of the neat things about a hip, you know, you can call it popcorn, you can call it selling out, whatever you want. But if you're reaching tons of people and you're you're optimizing the the impact of first step potential that's that many people who have they're that much more likely to take that second step yeah um so no i think that's great i I feel the same way about um new year's resolution gyms you know you see that all the time it blows up but you know what maybe five people stay on out of those 50,000 that sign up and then drop off, maybe five people stay on. And before you know it, they're doing like you. I yeah, mean. could be. And those people exist. And I, I believe there's always a way. Um, the Globo Gym model of really low price um, memberships and um, selling to as many people as you can and not not is that really. a dodgeball reference? Globo Gym? It's uh, maybe they use it. It's big in the CrossFit space because that's what we call it, like the 24 hour fitness, the Gold's Gym, all those Globo, Globo Gym. Gyms. Yeah. We're better than you and <laughs> we know it pretty much. And now watching that movie after getting into fitness, it's really funny because like the, the tight Under Armour shirts, all the attitudes and then the average Joe's Gym. It's really funny because I would say if you were to use that movie as like a CrossFit versus Globo Gym, you could say average Joe's is all the CrossFitters knowing what, what they're doing is the right thing and, you know, loving each other in the process and working mm-hmm. out. And yeah, Do you, you have a Steve, the pirate. Be, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, there's some oddballs, be, there's some oddballs <laughs> in there. And then you have the global gym. That's all about financial takeover or whatever. You're right. If you wanted to use that as some sort of comparison, but the, uh, the global gym model is, is only possible because it relies on people not to come in. 
Mm. And that is their intention because if everyone showed up who had a membership, they would have to shut down because they would be at capacity or over capacity. And unfortunately, well, yeah, it's cool. You know, if someone needs a $10 membership and they know what to do in the gym, they can go in there and do it. The majority of people don't know what to do in a gym. They are walking around lost. Mm. The only other option is to get a personal trainer, which is extremely expensive. Um, but it's typically the best way as long as you get a good personal trainer. But um, the CrossFit model is is the opposite of that. It's a very high bar to entry when it comes to monthly membership. But you're getting small group classes that are coached um, almost like a personal trainer relationship. Um, the founder, Greg Glassman, said that these people will be taking you to their weddings. They will be sharing the most intimate parts of your life because you will have developed that relationship mm. Um, that should be there between a trainer and a, and a trainee. Well, and in the end, I think that's what should be there between all of us. Sure. We should be sharing that. And I'd, uh, seeing this polarization in the political environment right now and then how that's filtering down to just uh, polarizing societies, it's like, oh, you're part of that group. And then yeah. I instantly hate you or at least look at you through a lens, at some kind of negative, negatively polarized lens. Yeah. And uh, no, anything that's reaching out and trying to get people of different – uh, cultures talk, and that's that's why I started this. This is the whole idea. Of this is to start drumming up good conversation, um, respectful conversation, and see that happening in the gym environment. That's that's great. It's really cool, and there are there are people smart enough in the CrossFit space that know that it's the same way the other way. So I know that if someone's using Gold's Gym, for example, and it's working for them, obviously it's worked for lots of people. Like there's a lot of fit people that go to Gold's Gym. Yeah, um, that's great. I'm not going to say that, that my method is, you know, I'm not going to judge you based on the method I use. So if I use CrossFit, that doesn't make me elitist. Mm. We, we typically lean that way because we coined the phrase, you know, forging elite fitness. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, and Which, that's one of the trademarks of, of CrossFit, forging elite fitness, right? We're the tip of the spear. Um, and that's because of the CrossFit games, which is almost a whole separate thing. That's if you were to say the sport of basketball, like NBA versus you and I playing a pickup game. You know, yeah. that's CrossFit gyms versus CrossFit games. Or regional versus NBA, something like yeah. that. Yeah, you and I are doing a it company. fun to be healthy, yeah. and they're doing it to the highest extent to compete at the top of the world. So, But there's more to it than that, too, in that even at the minimum levels with CrossFit, there's there's some organization safety-wise. There's You've got to meet at least some kind of criteria, right, as far yeah. as... Train, you have to get a level one, one certificate yeah. every five years. You have to retrain it. Um, the level one is a foundations program. From there, you can license the name and open a gym. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that's where your your training starts. And that's another mistake that some CrossFit trainers actually have is they get to a level one and they go, oh, now I am a trainer. And then mm. they just they just train and they get kind of OJT from there. Yeah, There's still the level two, level three, level four. There's still plenty of other clinics and seminars out there to become a better coach, even not directly affiliated with CrossFit. Um, and it might be worth pursuing a personal trainer curriculum as well as maybe a physio, you know, some sort of physiological uh, degree or something in exercise science. You know, it's some people say that stuff is bogus, but you know, you got to balance all the knowledge that's out there. Mm. Um, what's really cool about CrossFit is they took the knowledge of all the specialists. So they took the runners, they took, the you know high endurance athletes, but then they also took the highest pieces of the strength, so powerlifting movements, Olympic weightlifting movements. Then they took uh, plyometrics, um, you name it, and they said, "Now we're just going to do all of it." You know, if that's the best thing to do for each one of these sports, we're going to do it all, and we're going to create these superhuman athletes that aren't great at anything but good at everything. And uh, they used this program for law enforcement and SEALs originally. Um, it's very effective, and what's really neat is while it's not for everybody, it could be for anybody. Mm, I've noticed that because if you take it properly, one of the biggest things that I got from my time with you has been don't overdo it. Do something, yep. but don't do all of it. Yeah. Because if you do all of it, how are you going to come back the next time? And then also, because this is a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of fitness model – if you go that hard, odds are you're doing some part of the technique incorrectly. Yep. And you're going to hurt yourself. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, that's so, what the coach is for, which is yeah. nice because it's not. I mean, while it started in the garage, a, an online workout of the day that was free that everyone could post scores to. I mean, that's where CrossFit came from was a mm-hmm. website. Um, people started in the garage, but then they went to the affiliate model, which was really neat because now you can't have that supervision. You can't have someone making you better. It's instantly humbling. You come in, mm. even if you are a former collegiate athlete, it can be very humbling when you put outside your comfort zone and, you know, told to take weight off the bar because you're, you're not moving properly. You mm. never moved properly. You never did the squats right in high school. It's like, you know, I used to squat 400. And it's like, well, now you're squatting 100 and we're going to squat it correctly. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going <laughs> to you know? squat eight. It's yeah. going to be like. <laughs> and so you either you can let that pride go and learn something and become a better human being or you're going to end up walking out because you're not going to feel mm. comfortable in that environment. So it's it's very um, self-selecting in that. <laughs> yeah. It's self-regulating. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is, it's neat too, because I think we were talking a while back and you were telling me how the founder was very libertarian in his approach. Yeah. And I thought that was, I thought that was interesting to see and see it be so, uh, multinationally successful at this point. I mean, it's global, right? Oh yeah. 15,000 gyms, 15,000 gyms yeah. all over the world. Um, I mean, you have like one CrossFit box in Djibouti, I think. You have one in these random countries they're opening up. Um, and that's what's really neat is I, I'm going to see, I think we'll see the domestic side shrink a little bit because mm. they've just been open so long. And the international market is going to keep exploding just because there's so much to, to do that's, out there. Hey, anywhere that's making, like you said, helping people to become better human beings. You're not pushing people to help to be better human beings, but... That was something too, and just in my brief experience has been the whole time it was a coaching of you need to relax more. And it's so counterintuitive when you think of a gym. Usually you think there's going to be this guy like standing over you. He's sweaty and he's spotting you. He's dripping yeah. sweat on, into your mouth yeah, while you're trying to you. bench. And yeah. it's like, ah, he's like, no, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, man. And it's You've just. You've been watching those, uh, gosh, what was that guy? Cummings? Is that the guy's name? Which one? Who's the dude that's got like the 10 principles or whatever and of lifting weights? And I don't know. He's I, a big personality, and but he seems like a really nice guy, but uh, I forget his name. Uh, something Cummings. Anyway. Um, I have to get our secretary to Google that. Yeah. Yeah. Look uh, that up. We'll, no, we'll post it on Twitter later. Videos. It's like, I command you to lift. I command you. That's one of his. I command you to <laughs> yeah. lift. Really cool personality, but yeah, yeah, that's the idea. You think of West Side Barbell, right? You think of um, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. You think of really intense, or you think of the guy in the gym with a hoodie on and his headphones. Everyone looks like mysterious creatures in there. Yeah, Rocky wannabe. And And the last thing you want to do is someone to look at you and then come over and tell you about it and like be like, "Hey, you know what? You could go deeper in that squat." And that would just be so odd. It'd be so odd for that to happen in a global gym setting. But in CrossFit, it's welcome. We want Mm. to be told to move better. We want to know about the things we don't know. There's actually typically not mirrors in a CrossFit gym, right? Because the coach is there. Right. We don't need you looking in the mirror. And it's not about getting the selfie in the mirror. Sure, there's people who do that (laughs) in CrossFit. But the idea is that we're all here to get better. We're all sweating and, and suffering together. We don't. And think about it the other way. We don't need something reminding you of the way you look today. Mm. Maybe, you know, you need to wait until you see what you become. And so that's really cool not having the mirrors in there. So that's interesting because in dance, you have the mirrors because you want to be, you want to make sure, yourself. right. You're constantly checking to make sure that you're, yeah. And you're I repeating with that the sometimes movement. It's like yeah. if I'm alone doing open gym or I'm in my garage doing my own thing. It's like, man, it'd be nice to have a mirror in this aspect. But otherwise, I wouldn't need one because I would have a coach. Yeah, but you also don't have like, let's say you're in the group setting. You don't have the frame of reference because you never actually saw yourself. <laughs> yeah, so that's why CrossFitters video. use yeah. video so much. I think it's so much selfie video is actually they're just trying to make sure that they know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, the Instagram. <laughs> I mean, you got to have stuff for the gram. Yeah, right. Yeah, got that, to. and that's one thing. We'll do the Coach's Eye app, which is a really cool app on your phone. You can record and you can do slow down and you can draw lines and stuff. That's um, useful. I think they use it for like sports mm. and stuff. It's called Coach's Eye. And sometimes if you can't teach them any other way to correct whatever it is they're doing, sometimes you just have to show them what it is. Mm. And if you can't show them yourself, you do a video. Um, that's kind of the last resort. But you should be able to get them kind of where you want um, without having to, to do that. Now, to give some context, too, I've known you for a while. I remember when you couldn't do one push-up. 
Yes, I remember too. Yeah. Sometimes it's does it push sometimes you? Sometimes it's you know it's coming. It's like tomorrow I won't be able to get one. No. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh, they just disappear. Yeah, it's you. just yeah, boom. That's tall, tall <laughs> or not lanky boom. guys, you Fizzle, know. Yeah. They just go away sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember struggling to get a one mile run fast enough so I could be shipped for basic training. Mm. Um Oh, real quick touching on that. Something else I think is really neat is You've gotten all this knowledge in the last couple of years on CrossFit. You've dove in, um, become very active in it. And took t- other things too, like NASM's curriculum. I went into that for a while just yeah. to see what other people thought, you know. Yeah. And you're doing that. You still have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You have a family. You've got a wife and a stepdaughter. And yeah. you've got um, another job which you do yeah. periodically national guard. Yep. So thank you for your service. Yeah, sure. Thank and, you for yours. Oh, thank you for the vacation. No, <laughs> what, am, what are we supposed to say thank on that? It's thank, uh, thank, yeah. don't thank me. Thank your recruiter. There you go. Um, no, it's uh, thank you for your support. Isn't that the official yeah. army? I say response? thank you for yours. If it's another veteran. Oh, that's what okay. I've been saying. As yes. Well. Cause I'm the veterans learning. will come up to me all the time and say, well, thank you for service. I'm like, dude, you, you serve too. Like, I don't think we have to thank right? each other, but right? I don't I'll think, think do I'm going to thank you back. Cause I like, uh, honestly, I only did it. So we'd have this conversation about it. So <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I, am used, I used the veterans parking spot at Harris Teeter. Did you really? While I was here, just I full did. disclosure. I, I, I do too. That's, I drove in. I was like all these specialty spots, expecting children, have children, want to get rid of your children, <laughs> handicapped, uh, handicapped because you smoked too much, handicapped because you ate too much, you name it, right? They all have a spot. Um, what's the other one? Purple Heart. I like Employee that. Employee of one. the Month. Purple Heart. I, I like that one. And mm-hmm. the veteran one, it's like, eh. Purple. I like, I like the veter- the Purple Heart one. I feel like if anyone deserves a spot, it's that one. But there's so many. Yeah, Employee of the Month. Um, you know, police. You've got the LEO. Police of fire. Yeah. And, and like the average dude is just parking in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like or even lady you know it's like parking in the back it's like why do all these people need to have a spot up front um i just want because <laughs> it, it was a lot more free in colorado springs and which is you know i was stationed out in carson so we had a lot of it was just honestly that's a college and military town only there's nothing there was nothing else there back in oh three between oh three and oh five um but they were so lenient about motorcycle parking yeah, we were all like at the I movie theater. We were all parked up on in here. Spot rule is there's no regulation on motorcycle parking. Apparently, they can park anywhere. Well, it doesn't matter. They can park no. in spots that don't exist. They can take a normal spot and park all the way in, so you almost pull in and then realize there's a motorcycle there. <laughs> that's just an idiot because he's going to get his bike run over. <laughs> they can do all those things. Yeah, so that's the other. Uh, yeah, always park to the entering thing. side of your parking spot. Golly. Yeah, same thing with the smart cars. They pull all the way in and you can't see them if there's yeah. two SUVs. You should, you should really be able to park two of those there. Um, yeah. But that's not as it's – a, it's a lot more frowned upon out here to park a motorcycle up there. Like I see people park in the, the basket yeah. Yeah. buffer area and the painted stuff, but I don't see anybody park – like we would get – if there were the movie posters, you know what I'm talking about yeah. outside the theater? Yeah, park one. We had all of our bikes lined up on there. Yeah. And I would love to see that marked – Motorcycle. And veterans only. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're yeah. gonna be, if you're gonna have veterans, you got to have the trike spot because you got you know you got the guys that just are at the point they can't ride anymore on two wheels and then. But I get it. I guess that if you own your business and you want to have veteran parking, that's awesome. What's well, also signaling what? Or if you want to have expecting what? mothers or mm-hmm. current mothers or want to be a mother, whatever, right? All those different things. That's cool and all. I guess. Um, I'm all for all of those. There's, yeah, it's just where's the guy with too much student debt parking spot? Right. <laughs> well, clearly he where needs to run a little go? bit faster. Where does that guy go? <laughs> um, but the other, yeah, the other aspect of that too is like, you know, it's just an interesting play in this world as everyone seems to be getting their own parking spot. And I feel like that could be extrapolated into some sort of, well, that's the time we live in type conversation. <laughs> so I'm going to say that all the crossfit guys parking spots and gals needs to be in the furthest back but you start a timer yeah (laughs) Yeah. and you try you just track your improvement across time getting to the entrance of the grocery store what was that show 
Supermarket uh, sweep. Supermarket sweep. That sweep. is a CrossFitter's delight. They should is do it? a Whole Foods sweep. Because you know we can't live without our Whole Foods. Can't we put that in the CrossFit games? We should petition for that. Yes, yeah, Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Sweep. CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And it's um, however many, uh, what, what do we eat? Chicken breasts and sweet potatoes for time. Can you? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Extra points for the coffee because we love our coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, or kombucha. I guess that would kombucha. be kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah who can brew kombucha the fastest? <laughs> 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 yes. I would love to see a, a food CrossFit game. There should I be would, a parody CrossFit me. games. That we need a parody one. Sure. It, the theme, like the, the fitness part would actually be really serious, but the theme should just be off the wall. Yeah. Like who can get across the bouncy house and through the ball pit to get to their toddler first. You know what, it's crazy. Is the very first <laughs> few of those were backyard barbecues and they pretty much were that. Were they like, really? No, not that bad. But it actually the entire event was um, every second counts format, which meant if you did event one in three minutes and event two in three minutes, then your total time is six minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting uh, format back then. They went away from it, obviously. Now they do points per event, uh, per event placing. But that was really interesting because, like, if you were really fast at running in one event, but really slow down another piece, and the other guy, like, you could actually beat someone else. Um, it was oh, a really wow. cool format. But obviously, it's not conducive to a well. That's more marathon, a bigger or triathlon. Event. That's more yeah, triathlon. Yeah, like you could do any of it you wanted. There was mm. people drinking beer in between events. I think. <laughs> Panda Express was a sponsor of one of these backyard barbecues. What? And this was the CrossFit game. Oh, this I got to find first. some video of this. Yeah. Every Second Counts is a documentary on it, actually. Okay. Yeah, but you can find old YouTube videos. But it went from that to this thing that showed up on ESPN and was in these huge arenas out in Carson, California. You know, it's just, it's crazy. The explo- yeah, explosion from, I would say, 2006, 2007 to now, 2019. Mm. Pretty it, cool. It's got to be somewhat easy to implement time-wise schedule-wise for it to be this popular there's there are a lot of people i've seen in the gyms or that i speak to on the street saying yeah i started with five minutes a day or 15 minutes a day just with something i down got off of youtube for a basics um yeah you're like i said you're doing the full-time family full-time job national guard you've been deployed and yet somehow you're still involved at a full-time job level with crossfit from what i'm seeing how are you making that happen what is your like what does your scheduling process look like it's and i'm gonna quote the the other prophet of crossfit which has been bergeron no okay anyway there's no clergy but do they wear robes yet if they were greg glassman obviously the the father the founder um, and then you have all these really awesome coaches that have pioneered almost their own specialty inside of the space. So you have like the Ben Bergerons and, um, of the world, Jason Kalipa as well. Um, so Ben is, is, loves to say, um, and I, I forget which book it might've actually been by the same name. Um, first things first, hmm. right. Um, putting, putting important things first, essentially. Well, you're putting it first, but you're still like, when I look at the block of the totality yeah. of what you do with this and that and this and that it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, you get the important things in first, but is, do you think it makes you being more fit? Does that make you more efficient in your thought process for scheduling the things too? It is can. it kind of a positive feedback loop it, in that regard? It can be, um, it can be in the sense that if it's important to you, you will prioritize it and you'll make sure it happens. Mm. Now what you might not see is, I will let some other things slip. And it's not like I run a perfect schedule between all those things every day. There's things that get double booked. There's things that I miss all the time. But, and even sometimes I'll miss a workout, right? If I've prioritized, say, recording a podcast for my group and it would overlap, then I just don't work out that day. You know, I just, or I get up and do it before I start my day. Mm. I, I rearrange my schedule to make it work, depending on how important it is for me to hit that workout or do the podcast. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, some people aren't good at scheduling and they're very fit. Like, I can think of some really fit people that are just terrible at scheduling, um, but they put getting fit is very important. So they always seem to hit that. Hmm. Um, they, it's just that they will let it at the expense of other things because you can't have something that's really important without having things that aren't, right? That's fair. <laughs> and so there's some things that aren't going to be that important. Yeah. Maybe it's not cleaning your house that day. Maybe it's this other thing. Um, you have to give it, maybe it's traveling, maybe it's seeing family, maybe it is, um, 
getting that promotion at work, mm. putting in the extra hours for that. You can't, you, you put in the bare minimum maybe in some places. And I think some people can be really good husbands and fathers, but be really bad employees and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They can be great employees, but just not have it at home. Yeah. And I think a lot of people treat schedules like some form of constraint or a prison. It's, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they tyrannize themselves, you know, it's, it's, I think they it's like, we, you know, themselves if they don't hit their yeah. schedule and that's the mistake too. Right? And I think in the scheduling process, if you leave a little, like be realistic with yourself and c- negotiate with yourself as if you're yeah. two separate people trying to talk each other into doing the good thing. Yeah. Right. It's like, definitely. It's like if you're working with your boss or if you're a boss at work and you're working with an employee, it's like, I need you to come in on Sunday. I don't just say you have to come in on Sunday, right? I should figure out some way that we can, we can what find a way that you'd want to be there on Sunday or at least make it amenable. Yeah. Maybe they would show up as well. It's like, you got to come in on Sunday, but I'll I'll give you Monday, Tuesday off. Yeah. yeah. Not something over the top. You don't buy it, but you also say this seems fair and you work out with it. But yeah. you got to do it with yourself. You got to say, hey, Chase, what do you think is fair? Well, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to work out for three hours and then I'm going to I'm going to sit and watch TV for another four just as a, a payoff for it. Yeah. If but that's what you need to do. And then you just adjust it. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think the idea and this is why I stayed away from it for so long was I would build myself such a rigid framework that if it wasn't perfect, then yeah then not only did I fail and not want to do it again, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get any of it done. I didn't leave any room for the human side of me to actually grow as a person, really. Yeah, like if if you were to put your wants and needs into a computer to schedule it for you, it would be very difficult because Mm. it would, I guess it would see it as you have these hours and I can block out each of these hours. And I think that's how we approach scheduling is almost in a robotic computer sense, because we see from nine to 10 available and we think, well, if we fill that we're being efficient with our time. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And if we don't hit everything and we had to bleed over, then we're not being efficient, but that, I mean, that's how people, you know, give up on diets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they don't hit their meal, then they think the whole day is shot. So they continue to, um, do things that don't help the situation. Yeah. Like, oh, I already ate whatever today, so I'm going to continue eating bad. Because now it's this just day a cheat day. Yeah, because yeah. this day is ruined. Yeah. When really, you're only one meal away from being on track. And you're making it harder for the next day to get back on track. You are. Because yeah, well, we know sugar is addictive at this point. And yeah, it is. And But you're mentally just punishing yourself. So same mm-hmm. with your scheduling. So you take away food and you say, well, you know, I schedule, when I do my schedule, I, you know, have these same kind of feelings as just like being on a diet. And yet there is no addiction there for sugar. There is no substance there. It's, it's the way that you're approaching the routine. Yeah. That's something you and I talked about a while back was, um, getting past the idea of using food as a reward system. Well, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you, want you have any tricks on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want something, have it. it you mm-hmm. know, if you've been putting in the work, um, in this book, I think it's Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, he talks about um, voting for the things you want. So think of an election; it doesn't require you to be a hundred percent to win. It mm. just has to be fifty-one, right? Right. In an yeah. Election. And um, The same thing is for you vote for the person you want to be every day, multiple times. We make, I forget the figure, thousands of decisions in a day. Mm. And sometimes we get into just decision fatigue. But outside of that, you have multiple chances to vote for yourself every day for the, Mm. or vote for the person you want yourself to become. So if you cast a vote every day and you say, oh, I want, like today, we we ordered pizza and, and I ate it, you know, crossword eat pizza. We love pizza. We love beer. Sometimes <laughs> we'll do both right afterwards. So it's sometimes it goes right against the nutrition advice, but we're human and we like to indulge and we like to enjoy these things in moderation. And I'm voting for maybe not the person I want to be today um, with that decision. Like, hey, pizza, that's one vote for the side I don't want to be. But I've worked out today and I worked out yesterday. So I cast two votes definitely on those decisions already. So I'm actually winning. One. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm yeah. two to one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're put like, to your point, you're putting in the work. 
Yeah. You're putting in the work. I'm, I'm voting more for yeah. the person I want to be than mm-hmm. not. So I'm going to get there. It's yeah. just going to take longer. And I think a lot of people hung up, get hung up on that idea too, as far as I didn't vote for the person I wanted to be enough throughout the day. Why bother today? But right. you're not measuring yourself against who everybody else is. Exactly. You should be measuring yourself against who you were yeah. before you made the decision to head in the right direction. Yeah. And I think each good decision you can look back and say, well, I screwed up. I'm a failure. But compared to the guy you were before you were choosing to be better or at least choosing not to willingly get worse. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, that's how I get this big. I was what a year and a half ago. I was under 200 and now I'm back. It's like it was a it was a positive feedback loop of just wrong decision, making it easier to make two more wrong decisions. And then you just, you just fall off the cliff. But I also know because I was able to cut more weight than I have on me now, it goes the other way too. One good decision today makes it that little bit easier. Well, it's compounding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like compounding interest towards, you know, what you want towards the positive. Yeah. So if, if you've got somebody watching or listening to this and they're not doing anything right now, have you found anything that seems to be like a, at least a, a, a grouping of easiest things to get into it? Like for me, I know when I'm really, really down in the dumps, but I'm, I'm really entertaining the idea of coming back. I do just even one push up. Yeah. I just stop. And because it's intentional, it's not like, oh, I had to do a push up and that counts. Mm-hmm. So I had to push myself up off of the floor. It's like, no, I stop what I'm doing mm-hmm. and just do one. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because, like, the next day I'm doing five. Could be, yeah. Um, and I didn't know if there was anything like that that you've come across because you've seen such a, a broad spectrum of different rookies, right? Yeah, well, even in myself, going back to, like, trying to get into basic training, it's I came from someone who didn't do much of anything. You know, I was really good at playing video games. and that, You were? I mean, I competed in that. That was mm-hmm. my sport, if you were to tell anybody – I didn't do sports. I did that. Of course, I played a little bit of basketball in middle school, but mostly I was sedentary and um, very much overweight, especially when I was around 13, 14, just very heavy. Um, and I struggled with that. I just wasn't interested in, in moving. Mm. I was interested in what was on the Xbox. I was interested in all those other things. Um, as you know, we grew up in a household where um, if you're thirsty, here's a soda. Yeah. And yeah. I still don't drink water. It's one of the hardest things for me water to do. Water is hard. Like uh, it's a discipline, but, but you, you drink, s- everything cal- works so much. Free is fine, right? So if it's yeah. if it's a diet soda, probably not the best for a just get started. Child. Growing yeah. child, but it's something, yeah. right? So that's another way you can think of those easy moves. But I mean, fruits and vegetables fresh were really rare in the house. If it mm. was fruit, mm-hmm. it was you all eat it too fast. So you know we can't afford it. So we, <laughs> right. So we so like yeah because when we finally got it we probably were going nuts over nutrition you and know? I, I don't know about you but I was dumping sugar on the on the strawberries yeah, and, and that was things the other like thing. that too. Oh, it's like need oh, to add, add more and add sugar to the strawberries so that way they're they're good it's 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 just like the, like clean your plate you know it's the whole mindset and I don't fault our parents or anybody mm. it, that's a generational thing I think because it's thankfully it's going away um if you're not hungry and you're eating it's still wasting food. So the argument of you don't want to waste it, starving people in China, that whole game that a lot of parents played, you feel guilty leaving food on the table, but you feel guilty because you know you shouldn't be eating it. And it's a mental battle every day at the table Mm, mm -hmm. because you're hungry. You know the stuff you should be eating. You have what's in front of you and now you're forced to eat it all or you're chastised for it. it. It creates this unhealthy relationship with food. And so then you have well, I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink a soda. I mean, that's just so many calories coming in. Um, so I mean, no, people don't even look. That. It's 200 calories per. Yeah. And the 20 ounce bottle. The same, the same amount of sugar, even yeah. concentrated juice, any kind of juice is typically. Um, people are like, oh, it's juice. It's fine. It's healthy. But it's you eating one apple has moderate sugar. It's not going to be hard on your blood sugar. But drinking a eight ounce you know, cup of apple juice is like drinking 30 apples or something like yeah it's, it's insane it's yeah. like pumping apple directly into your veins so we've just been misled from even a governmental level on the entire thing when it comes to 
health and nutrition, the 2000 calorie diet, the nutrition labeling, you name it. There's so many. The food pyramid. Yeah, the food pyramids, all of them that they've done. I mean, if you look at a, at a thing and it says, oh, it's got 25 grams of protein, it'll say 15% of your daily recommended needs, and which blows my mind because that means it's recommending we only eat 50 grams of protein a day, which is insane. I just can't imagine <laughs> how you would get any. Yeah, you talk to anyone who knows like the ABCs of nutrition, they'd be like, yeah, 50 grams is great for a small child. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> right. It's the one thing that your body won't store. Mm. It's it's can be used as energy. Typically, it's not. Um, it can be used as energy, and if you pair it with a few healthy fats and some healthy carb sources, whole foods, like you're good. You can go. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can move for a while, right? It's fuel. But back to like where I was, the one easy thing, and the you know the question you asked, the one thing that kind of shifts was the soda thing. I. My, you know, road began for losing weight was not fitness. It was simply not drinking soda. Hmm. I started I didn't drinking know that. water. Um, I went to public school for a couple of years, you know, harassed for my weight and being awkward, being awkward homeschooler. Um, it, it was tough. And knowing that the one thing I could control that I was being made fun of, I didn't know how to control, which was my mm. weight. And so I thought, well, everyone says soda is bad for you and it makes you gain weight. So I said, I'm just going to cut back on that. And I, I ended up pretty easily getting rid of soda altogether. For a while, I went to the Dasani flavored waters, mm-hmm. which is like got Splenda in it, which is fine, you know. And I just did that and it just fell off. Like the weight just started flying off. Mm. It was so crazy because I didn't really change anything. I was still the same amount of activity. I would wrench on a car, be out in the hot sun, maybe push mowing, but that was about it. I wasn't doing any fitness of any kind. Um, and I got really thin and, uh, from there I I wanted to join the military. So then I had to know push up, sit ups and run. So that's all I did. I would say it wasn't until the last few years that I got into any kind of regimented fitness that wasn't beyond walking around lost in a gym, hopping on the treadmill and leaving. Um, so I would say if you are a soda drinker out there, I'm not saying coffee, most of the time coffee teas are fine. Just don't pump them with sugar. Um, but otherwise, if you're a soda drinker, and I know there's some in my office I see every day, and it's they 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 don't they'll even remark and be like, you know, I just don't understand why it's hard to get this weight off me, or and they're cracking a Dr Pepper for breakfast, mm. a twenty ounce bottle. Yeah, and it's like, well, well, it's I only have one a day, and like, but th- if that's the two hundred calorie surplus you're in, that's the difference between you losing and gaining every year. Yeah, let's say you <laughs> let's say you're only a hundred calories a day too many. Yeah. And that soda is doing if you it. got rid of that soda, that's your hundred calorie a day deficit that you'd need to run to start dropping some weight. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's been some other, uh, recent studies. I, I can't remember who it is right now, but they're looking at the idea that maybe fat operates as more of a living filter, kind of like the kidneys as well. Interesting. And we're starting to think that maybe it's actually, cause I've seen people that work their butts off. And they've, they've got their caloric intake right, but they're eating stuff that's got so many toxins in it. And what we're seeing is that maybe the added layer of fat is to help filter the blood and filter other things. I, we don't know the, the full reach of it yet, but it might. So I'm wondering, too, just getting the toxins out. Like if, if you ate the same amount of, let's say you ate 2,000 calories a day of junk versus 2,000 calories a day of just whole foods i wonder what the difference would look like too there's have you seen difference like there's yeah they see inflammation um in the joints aches pains right so going back to like fads and stuff the whole calories in calories out diet it's it's a great place to start is like your basis of understanding of energy in energy out the problem is is like you're saying there is still something to what it is mm. um, there's another diet out there that's famous it's called um if it fits in my macros so macros being protein fat carbs mm-hmm. i've got so many of the day as long as I can make it fit, it could be anything. So I could have, if I have 150 carbs for my day, I could have 150 carbs of Snickers or whatever, mm. or, you know, some sort of yeah. sugar, anything. And like you're saying, I don't know about the filtering or I haven't heard any of that, but it's, it's interesting because there is, we do know inflammation for the types of food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, real whole foods, you will 
um, lose some of that water weight. You'll lose some of that infl- inflammation in the joints. Yeah. You will feel way better. Your body's not having to feel, <laughs> it's just not having to fight so much to process exactly. it at and the very least. And if it's not having to fight that, maybe it can go back to yeah. metabolizing of the fat. And how much on that instead? How much energy are you using? I wonder to process that kind of yeah. stuff. Like if you're feeling tired in the day, we talk about it's well, it's because you're carrying all that extra weight that's not doing you any good. Well, yeah, yep. but also like, Wait. how much of your body is spending is pointing that energy budget toward just digesting the crap? Oh, you there's ate. a good amount. Um, there is a formula. It's called, I think it's called Neat Non Energy non-expenditure i forget what it stands for something about you have your calories to exist they get spurned like your basal metabolic rate bmr yeah, base calorie burn yep you and i are sitting here burning x amount just normally i like how people like to use that as an excuse to eat that much yeah <laughs> um the problem is that there's a percentages and whoop recently whoop the active straps the fitness straps they do a podcast and they just talked about um, some interesting calorie stuff that they're using to track. Um, so they can go into it more detail than I can. But the idea that you also have another category that's the calories you burn digesting the calories you're eating mm. or digesting the food you're eating. And then there's anything else is that is expenditure. So yeah, that's where you activity get ne- beyond yeah. you woke up, you're breathing, and you ate food and you're digesting it. And then anything after that is typically what you find out of fitness or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's... That's interesting, I guess, because there is, yeah, there is a calorie burn for burning calories and there's foods that require more calories to break down. Um, like celery is one. Anything that's yeah, high, been listed as a typical like um, low caloric but hard to chew thing, right? Yeah. It's, um, uh, they call them what, negative calorie foods? I think yeah. that's, which is kind of a I misnomer. Hate but I hate that because then people use it as an excuse. They right. say it doesn't count. And it, it always counts. Food. It is food. Yeah. If it's going in, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's, there's just so much out there. And so if I were to tell someone to change something, it'd be, hey, stop drinking sodas. If, if they were to say, well, what should I be doing every day? And they wanted to change a lot, but always start with just one thing. Sodas, that one extra thing, that one extra cookie and see if the weight starts trending down. Yeah. And, uh, or your body comp starts changing, which is better than weight because as you know, and the more fit you get, you might not change on the scale, but you might change dramatically in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And finding that baby step for you, I think is key because it's going to be different for all of us. Um, I think one of the good ways to do that, at least that I've seen and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it's uh, there are those moments in a day when, you know, you do something wrong, but you didn't really think about it. But there are those other moments that pop up where it's like, you know, you've got a choice. Mm-hmm. It's usually one of the earlier ones in the morning too, because it starts the trend of the rest of yep. the day, but it's, I could do this or I could do the right thing. Just don't do the wrong thing one time a day. Yeah. No matter how small that little wrong thing is, it'll make you better at not doing bigger wrong things, right? Yeah. Or like you were saying, like you make that choice um, and then you think, oh, it's shot. And they don't think about how far they've come. And you could say like, maybe the person yesterday wouldn't have even thought twice about it. Mm. Now you're at least acknowledging you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, even the thought, even the taking even the, the moment thought. to think about it Maybe is more than you did yesterday. To actually decide, but yeah, you're thinking about it, and that's big, right? That's that's huge. Um, yeah, there's so many things that you can just start taking that mental shift on. You know, don't punish yourself. Mm. Um, that just makes it worse because then if you feel bad, some people out of depression eat right. So yeah. it just continues yeah. a vicious uh, cycle, and it takes you deep, just deeper down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, and people are important. We need good people. We need really compassionate, really feeling people, which I think a lot of times those are the people that are the ones that spiral down easier because they're, they're maybe more sensitive to even their own uh, yeah. punishment of themselves or their own failure. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with that a lot before yeah because you've uh, been i mean like you're a yeah. musician too I, yeah <laughs> is yeah. you span the gamut here well just voting for the the, the per, like i said that to me that's the easiest way to think about it i just want to continue trying to vote for the person i want to be more so than voting for the person i don't want to be and that requires some goals um sometimes you just need to set goals and forget about mm. them because 
It's not about obtaining the goal. It's about getting there or learning how to set a goal. Yeah, just learning how to like learn how to set a goal. I at least made a yeah. goal. <laughs> but it's it's the journey. Um, so I would encourage anybody who wants to get better, feel better, reach out to anybody. That's what they do for a living. It's a lot. Start there. Yeah, because it's very important to have somebody to work with. I think, and you have to stop justifying not doing it because of cost or whatever the excuse is, because it's never going to cost you as much as it does later, mm. whether it's in life, quality of health. Um, you might live for five years on dialysis or something, right? Mm -hmm. Or some terminally ill situation. But that costs a lot of money, A1. And it's like, what what kind of years do you want? You know, Do you want the quality of life or do you want to eat whatever you want now or drink whatever you want, behave the way you want now, and then just be miserable for the last 10 years? And most likely your whole family miserable with you. Uh, I think it's very important to to put away the excuse of money because what you spend money on is what's important as well. Mm -hmm. So when you go back to making time in your schedule, you don't want to waste the money either. So if you're spending time and money on something, it's obviously very important to you. And sometimes that's what it requires to kind of kickstart you is to put down $200 a month for something mm -hmm. that votes for the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, setting a specific goal. Yeah. Realistic stretching kind of goal, something that's going to make you reach a little bit. Definitely. Um, but pick a day, put it on a calendar and say, by this day, I'm going to be able to do one push up. Yep. Or I'll have done one push up between this time period. You know what? It can be stupid small. I think that's what a lot of people don't yep. realize. That's what um, I think it was Carl Jung said. People can't see God because they don't see, they don't look low enough. And the idea is that you can do something divine. Everybody's capable of doing something divine, but maybe they're just not thinking small and simple enough. Maybe they're not getting to that basic baby step level. And that's where you start. You have to start there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and maybe it's not, I'm by tomorrow, I'm going to start eating better and I'm going to work out, right? Maybe tomorrow is just simply, I'm going to do one push up, mm. or tomorrow is I'm going to not have five sodas. I'm going to have four. Yeah. So yeah. Just be less bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> be less bad. And then like, don't overwhelm yourself. Mm -hmm. Like know that it's hard to break habits. It's, so it's, many it's people really are doing is you're setting habits and the cold you turkey reset. mentality. Yeah, yeah. You got to reset it. And that's what the new Year's resolution is, is the whole idea of I'm going to immediately all of a sudden next year, you know, start, start doing things differently. And, um, why wait till next year? First of all. Yeah. And if uh, you really think about it too, it's like, that's that's basically saying on December 31st, I'm the person that never goes to a gym. And on January 1st, I am the person that regularly goes to a gym. Yep. It's too different. You're really going to change from. It's a whole different person who goes to the gym every day. Yeah, it's an unrealistic expectation. I think I don't think they realize that that's what they're saying is that I'm not someone. And then I'm going to January 1st be someone. I think they think are probably saying, I want to be someone on January 1st. And it's really interesting that mindset shift is you could say, all right, tomorrow I'm going to go running. It's raining tomorrow or whatever it is. You wake up tomorrow, it's raining. Um, that could keep you from doing it. You need to be saying, I am the person who runs in the rain. I am the person who says no to that donut. Mm. I am that person. Not I want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I should be. I could be, uh, you have to define yourself every yeah. day as the person you want to be mentally. Um, and then it makes it, it makes it easier in those tough choices when you're at work, someone brings in the donuts, whatever that happens all the time, you know, in IT, all the time, especially in IT, there's always food and it's this compelling feeling of, I don't want it to go to waste. So it goes back to the, I'm not hungry. Yeah. It's wasting it anyway. I am the type of person that if there's donuts in the office, I don't have to have one. Now, if you want to have one, have one. Yeah. Have one and then... Because you're going to have four later if you don't. Exactly, right? So that's the other spiral. But have one and then don't base it on what, what you've done. Don't say like, oh, I did enough. So now, I have, now I can have one. If you want to have one, have one. But then correct it on the next one, right? Get the next meal as a salad. Don't skip. Don't, don't punish yourself. Just be like, I'm going to vote for the person that I want to be on the next decision. This decision, I know this isn't going towards it. Acknowledge it. This is not getting me to my goal. Mm. But I want to 
take a break. I yeah. want to have it, right? I'm, I'm going to put a pause on it for a second, enjoy this donut with, and, you know, talk to my friends at work. And then I'm going to vote it's more a great times idea afterwards. Because you can look back on your decisions throughout the day and say, in that moment, was I the person I would have voted for? Yeah. It's a really cool way to think about it. I thought so. Yeah. I love that book. Atomic Habits, if you really want to get deep on, not deep, I guess, but if you really want to understand how to set habits, which... Pragmatically. It sounds like a good it utilitarian is, and it, tool. It goes back to the whole, that's how we do anything, is routines and habits. That's why we feel compelled to do A versus B. Some of that... So much of that has to do with our daily routine and our scheduling and what's important. Um, but then there's also, it talks about the aggregation of marginal gains. The idea mm-hmm. of 1% better is all it takes to be 37 times better at the end of the year versus less than a percent, right? Right. Then you, be, or a, you go down. Yeah. So, or a, yeah. a hundredth of a percent each day. It's, it doesn't, just can't doesn't iterate that much. enough. Like, yeah. No matter how lowly positive it is, it's more positive than it was. Yep. Yeah. And if you, of all the drastic changes, I do agree with one, and that is purging your house of mm-hmm. of the things that make it hard to vote for the person you want to be. Yeah. Well, and so I see a lot of my friends struggle with their wanting to make the change. Yep. And now everybody who's around them who kind of feels judged by that change, even though the person's not judging them, they're just trying to improve themselves. They're kind of s- slowly tearing at that person yeah. because they're ter- they, they don't want to have to face what they know they should be doing. Yeah. Um, and when that person struggles, they might also think that the people who are bringing in the stuff they're trying to stay away from is making it harder or they're becoming, I mean, you, I know when I was really pushing and when Heather would do something that was, not in line with the aim i started seeing her as an enemy you and could it, it yeah. started creating an enmity there and so it's so important to get everybody you can around you on board with it. on board with it as well and i don't think it's yeah. like for a person to change right it, when you change you're not just changing it's not just you who's mm-hmm. affected by it it's it everybody, everybody around you yeah and they they need to be at least prepared for it and hopefully on board with it. And if they're good, good friends and family, they'll stick around for yeah. it. Um, if you think of it, and I'm not saying anyone who has whatever issues of eating too much or, or eating the wrong things is like a drug addict, but there's a reason why interventions do work at times. Mm, mm-hmm. Everyone has to support it. Um, of course, that's everyone kind of surprising the person and asking them to change. But yeah, that's a shock factor. Yeah, thing, the though. shock it's, factor. But the idea like, that hey, this it, is really it does serious. take a support system, especially mm-hmm. if you struggled with it for a long time. Imagine how many years of of reinforcement of a person you are mm. who does those things, right? And now you got to switch that. And you might have groups of friends you don't see anymore because it's too difficult to see them and also vote for the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything from like, going out and drinking to maybe they're a bad influence in some other way. Maybe it's a, they have an attitude you don't want to have, but you have it around them. Mm-hmm. The way you talk about people maybe around them is, is also toxic. So there's all kinds of reasons, but you've, you got to get everyone on board. And even if you don't, you also have to, and this is tough. You have to be brave enough to say, screw them. Mm. I don't care if I'm alone because I know this is what I need to do. It's this a sacrifice to be the best I can be. It's undoubtedly a sacrifice. And I think people don't realize that when they do the, the new year's resolution. No, they don't. And the moment, the moment of sacrifice comes up, they just don't do it. Mm-hmm. But if they had just taken that extra second to prepare saying, look, this is, it's not just the sacrifice of time or the money to join the gym. It's going to be, a sacrifice that I don't even know I'm going to have to make. Yeah. Right. You, you're a, preparing for that unknown shift. sacrifice Lifestyle of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're changing everything uh, about your daily habit and your daily routine. Yeah. You might be able to do it alone. You might be that, that iron will person yeah. that can do it by themselves, but the vast, ma- I mean, that's the exception. Yeah. The vast majority of people out there don't do it alone. And yeah. It at least makes it easier and who cares if it's easier, right? Yeah. Um, that's true. And I think a good way to do that is rather than maybe getting rid of friends, if you can start making good friends along the way. And, uh, I think, I think that's what CrossFit's really pulling off better than anything else out there. Uh, if the, 
if I wanted to find a resource, I know we need to start wrapping things up because we're running out of time here, but uh, a resource for local CrossFit gyms, um, something that you would recommend to just a website or anything where I'm curious, I just want to go meet somebody or yeah, how should I start? Where hit, should I go? Hit Google Maps, type in CrossFit, see what pops up. Um, as we said earlier, they can all be strikingly different. I would say if you don't have a good vibe, try another one first before you just say it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, maybe it's not for you. Maybe an Orange Theory or Soul Cycle or something else is for you, and that's great. Maybe you, you'll graduate to CrossFit at some point too and realize you know you got bored of one thing, now you want to try something else. I would say just start. Whatever it is, just start. Um, if you're not ready to step out, make the commitments definitely purge your house get the nutrition in order because that's most of it it's working out is you know some people that's they say that's the hard part and they never get the nutrition in line mm. that really is the harder part um, if you can get their nutrition right you can get away with very little exercise you know of course it helps it speeds it up but purge the house make sure your family members on board that you're going to be getting rid of their cinnamon toast crunch or whatever it is um or yeah, it has to be on board because if it's in the house, you'll find it. And mm. that's the thing. It's when I go and visit and stuff and say to our parents, they have all kinds of stuff in there. And I'll, I'm, I start grabbing it and eating it because it's there. I don't typically eat it. So it's like, oh, I haven't had this in a while. And that's, and I know that and I accept that when I travel. I know that's mm. how I'll be because that's my personality. But when I go back home and we shop, we, we can't put certain things in the house. Mm. otherwise we we demolish it right you know? yeah and it's like no one's ever like ate a whole bunch of broccoli and then driven down the street to pick up another thing of broccoli you know but they've done that for like certain types of drinks or candy or whatever or ice cream you know they'll go nuts of that stuff so i don't i try not to put that stuff in the house there's some things mm. now i can get away with and be okay i can say no to it but at the very beginning it's all about getting making it so incredibly easy to do the right thing easier to do the right thing than it is to do the, the harder thing mm. so if you have to get in your car and drive that thing and you do then you probably needed it maybe you yeah. did finally need it yeah. but it otherwise like you probably won't do it because humans are inherently lazy and like well i'll just grab this healthy thing because it's here yeah there's I'll just eat there's it nothing there's nothing wrong with setting yourself up for success as if you are a pathetic individual that wants to screw up yeah, like put every safeguard <laughs> in place, right? Make it so stupid easy to grab the right thing, do the right thing. And then you won't be just burdened with decisions. Think mm -hmm. if your house is full of a bunch of stuff you shouldn't be eating, you have to decide every time you get the hint of eating, you have to make a decision every time. And it has to be the difference between the person you want to be and not. But if you get that stuff out of there, you don't have to make those decisions every day or at mm -hmm. least not as much. And then it's just that much easier when those choices come up you can make the right choice and i think we're just burdened with fast food everywhere everything's ever it's really easy to to make the the wrong vote and mm. um having your house in order is key as well as your schedule go to bed you know put your phone away you know the blue light will keep you up um get it on do not disturb mode or whatever you got to do to not let it distract you in bed and sleep for eight hours wake up Start the day off with the most important things first, and then the rest of the day is bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great advice. Really appreciate you being here. I sure, know you no got to get on the road. If um, if somebody in the Virginia area wants to come visit your CrossFit gym, where they can find you and hang yeah. out with you, uh, where, can I ask you where you attend? Is that yeah? Just I've been weird at, I, well, I got my garage so set up now. I've been doing that a lot. I really enjoy having that. Once again, it's easy to go in the garage and work out versus driving down the street sometimes. Yeah. So I'm the same way. I set my life up so I put a gym in there because I just wanted everything as easy as possible um, to do it. But yeah, I also um, at Fit Factory. I work out at Fit Factory every now and then. They're a CrossFit gym. Um, right near the house, which is nice. And that's out in Chesterfield area. Yeah, Chesterfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also just hit me up on Instagram at the RVA Affiliate Collective. Um, and I can put you in contact with any gym that's close to you, hopefully, um, and tell you a little bit about what they do, their specialty, kind of how they run, what the feel of their gym is. You know, that's what I've been doing is getting to know everybody in the area. And I, I wouldn't say don't go to anyone that i've met so far they're all just been that's cool they've all just been great but they all are different so i might say 
this yeah. might this might be more of what you like. Oh, yeah. you really like rowing? Well, this guy was also a rowing instructor. Okay, so you'll get that as a bonus with CrossFit. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. it's more about the specialty stuff that people are interested in. And when in doubt, there's always somebody in a room talking about how they do CrossFit. So just ask that person, right? Yeah, you gotta watch usually... out for the vegan CrossFitters. Oh yeah, because they, they don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me they have no idea which one to say first. No, they, they just don't. They, they got so much to say. No, yeah, that's that's the joke. And we know it. We we love it because, you know, they created something that created fanatics. And uh, we are fanatically trying to make you healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're genuinely making the world better. And that's if there's any one thing to be fanatical about, do that. Yeah. Do that. And I, I applaud you for doing it. Yeah, so. it's my passion. That's uh, it's very important to me. And worked for my life and just trying to infect others now. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. I'm going to let you get on the road. I know I heard a, I think I heard a trunk close with your, your gear oh, just yeah, a minute yeah. ago. So, uh, the family's waiting to go, but, uh, it's been great having you and we'll post some links on the, uh, site when we post this up and yeah. just have some references. Maybe we'll find some of those things that we couldn't quite remember and fit those in too. Yeah. So well, uh, I appreciate it. Thank just, you. Uh, uh, thank you. Looking forward to it. Oh, and your podcast real quick. Oh yeah. The You're RBA doing podcasts for other people. RBA affiliate collective podcast. Yep. Perfect. Six episodes. in. so check it out. Oh, I'm catching up then. This is number four. Yeah. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast. This is Joe Ellis. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and give us a subscribe. Also check us out on YouTube under the same name, RVA Affiliate Collective. Thank you. Have a good one.